Hello lovely and welcome to Notes from a Small Room, the podcast from Solemnico hosted by me, Alexandra Spear, that has the self-love conversations they won't put on a t-shirt. First of all, um, I realised this week, my blonde moment um, of probably the year, um, that as I look through the previous episodes, I've actually been saying my own tagline wrong, um, which is a bit embarrassing so this episode I've actually said it right so hopefully that will continue on but you never know so we'll take this one as a win and go on from that secondly thank you so much to everyone who's listened so far if you haven't already subscribed please hit that button and then you'll never miss an episode it also helps the podcast grow and reach more people and the podcast is now on Spotify as well so Wherever you get your podcasts, um, hopefully you can access this one. Now, I've spoken a lot about ways to improve your self-love, but I realised that I hadn't yet broached the subject of what happens when you actually start practising self-love and the less talked about side of how implementing positive change in your life can at first manifest. So that's what I wanted to talk about on this episode. As you can see, I've called this episode Growing Pains, and this is because often the road to loving ourselves, listening to ourselves, and living authentically is uncomfortable, it's lonely, and sometimes it's just downright difficult, but it's worth it. So, on with the episode. Last time, I talked about one of my favourite topics, the universal algorithm or life algorithm, as I rather childishly like to call it. When you begin to tap into your life algorithm (coughs) and to change it, sorry, my voice. (coughs) So when you tap into your life algorithm and you change it and you change it intentionally, you will begin to see a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of change happen. I'm going to be saying change a lot in this episode, just so you know. So often these changes start in things being removed from your life. We go through all these stages where we start to feel uncomfortable in our lives, not in a bad way, just in an outgrowing sort of way. Like when you were a kid and you'd be at the end of your school shoes, but you had to wait until the next term to get new ones. Kind of like that. You're at the stage where you know you need something new with a better fit that you can grow into, but you aren't yet at the point where you can go into the store and get them, for whatever reason that may be. Usually because it's the last week of the summer term, and by the time you get new ones and start reusing them in the autumn, you'll have grown out of those ones too. And the same image is true of self-love. You aren't yet ready for the full size up, but you're uncomfortable in the ones you're wearing at the moment and your parents are telling you to waste towel. And similarly, the universe is too. But the universe will start slowly removing elements in your life that you have grown out of. Just as when you outgrow clothes, even if you really love them, your parents would be like, right, it's too small or, oh my God, there's a hole in them. And, you know, they just go. And it's uncomfortable because you have to go and find new ones and it's like a whole thing. But 
getting into the new ones is more comfortable than staying in the old ones would have been. Hopefully that image worked. <laughs> Sometimes these things will actually be removed without you having to do anything. People will stop messaging. The job you're in will go bust. The apartment you're renting will have its lease up. Things start to happen but they feel out of your control and as though it's all going on at the same time and the world has down on you. It doesn't. It isn't. It's just clearing the way for you to go and get what you want because it's almost as though... Yeah, it's almost as though the universe knows that sometimes we need these little shoves to take the next step. And without them, we'd stay feeling uncomfortable in shoes that don't fit properly, dreaming of the new snazzy pair that we tell ourselves we're just ready to go and get. But we never do. It's always tomorrow, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, until suddenly it's the end of a decade and we really need some new ones. Sometimes though we have to remove things ourselves and this is often the most painful part of the process because it requires us to see things and people as they actually are at the level which we are sitting at now rather than the level we were at when we got them or met them or wanted them you don't have to drastically stop messaging people or move to a different city or delete your social media accounts and join an, an entirely new community. Sometimes, as I mentioned in the last, last episode, it's just a case of looking and actually seeing what something is or is not contributing to your life and going, thank you, but no thank you. And then putting some distance there. Often once you realise that someone or something is no longer serving you things will move organically because if you have changed then chances are the things and people around you have or are changing as well and they will want different things and sometimes although it hurts that isn't you just as you no longer need them to get where you want to go this can often lead to a period of isolation as you recalibrate and leave people to get on with their lives while you go on your own way It can be lonely, it can be incredibly challenging, but it will be very rewarding because cutting things off means making space for something new to come in. And it's like that beautiful quote, and I've got it pinned all over my Pinterest. If you're brave enough to say goodbye, life will reward you with a new hello. People and things teach us lessons. They help us to realise parts of ourselves that without them we never would have been able to access. The trick is to know when the lesson has ended and what to do once you realise that. Growing hurts. That's something that the self-love community doesn't talk about enough. But it really does. It hurts. And whether it's physically, emotionally, mentally or spiritually. Now that's definitely something that they won't put on a t-shirt. The situation that triggered you to invoke self-love into your life was just the start. It is when you sit down and actually start believing that you're worth the time, the effort and the dedication it takes to make you who you want to be and your life what you want to exist within. And then the discomfort will require you to move at a different pace and on a new level. And that's not meant to put you off. That's just the honest truth. 
Because self-love requires you to re-educate yourself. It requires you to seek out different kinds of relationships, new ways of healing. It requires you to be a different version of yourself. And often that new version does not have the same friends, it does, does not have the same job or the same partner, or even the same lifestyle. Another truth not universally... I'll try that again. Another truth not universally acknowledged, Jane Austen would be proud, um, is that often changes need to be made once you start to practice self-love simply because people do not like that you are putting effort into yourself rather than them. And this again, that moment where you see people for who they are and why they want you in your in their life if you've been a certain person your whole life and people expect that version of you 24 7 365 days a year then they obviously aren't going to be best pleased when you start inputting boundaries and saying that beautiful but very divisive word no no i will not be spoken to like that no i will not do that no i am not coming no i cannot call no, I am not spending my money on that. No, I don't do that anymore. No, fill in the blank. And this is the next uncomfortable stage of self-love, which I always think of as the ultimate test of whether you're serious about building a better life for yourself or not. It's also one of the hardest tests because it's going against everything that you've either been brought up on or used as a survival tactic. You start losing people when you show up as someone that won't allow them to take advantage of you. You start losing people when you input healthy boundaries that serve you rather than them. You lose people when you stand up for yourself. But to get to the beautiful stage, you have to go through this stage. And I'll be honest with you, I flip back and forth between this stage and the beautiful one. And we all do because self-love is an endless evolution requiring us to gradually move to higher levels of ourself rather than just staying at a certain level. And we can stay at that level. It's just that it won't get us the life that we want. And that's why we put ourselves through the uncomfortable bit. Or so I tell myself every single time. (laughs) And as we put ourselves through this evolution we better understand what we need where we let people take advantage of us and where we no longer feel able to tolerate being treated in a way that does not uphold the way we know we should be treated people will get angry at you people will be mean and unfair and call you a whole raft of names that's them showing their true self once you see that you see who they truly are and why you have and why they have you in their life. And often that realisation is the most necessary but painful one that you will have. Something that I wrote in my notes last year when I was going through this phase of my journey um, was when you start choosing yourself, you will disappoint people. You will anger people. You will fall below their expectations. You will lose friends. You will leave relationships choose yourself anyway don't cave don't stop don't turn back even if you're alone it is better to be alone than with people who do not let you choose yourself and it's true all of it's true 
you will feel alone you will feel as if you have fallen below the expectations of those who you love but that is not a healthy love if people expect you to flatten yourself to please them to contort yourself into this doormat that they can just tread all over that is not love when you come to the phase where you feel as if you're starting from square one which is the phase where um, you've walked away from friendships, relationships, jobs, um, accommodation. You basically feel like it's like a shell. So when you come to this phase, it's where you begin to heal. And that might sound totally counterintuitive, but it's true. Because it's only in solitude that you can silence the rest of the world and listen to your heart, your soul, your mind and your body. There will be a phase just before everything new starts coming in where you are required to sit with yourself. Don't rush it. Don't wish it to be gone. Because if you do not do it, you will revert back to your old patterns. You will go back to the same people. You will not evolve. And your relationship with yourself will remain in the phase that it was before. And I will do a whole episode on how to be alone and why it's so important to be alone. Because it is an incredibly necessary part of self-love, self-care, self-realisation. But for now, I'll say, take it as an opportunity to fully understand yourself at every level. You do not have to take time out from your job or your relationship or your social life. You do not have to cut everything off. You just have to prioritise yourself and the relationship you're building with yourself. And by doing that, everything that is helping you and that journey will stay. And everything that isn't will go. And I'll put it this way. You wouldn't begin dating someone aiming to build a strong relationship with them with hopes of spending your life with them to only leave them on red all day. You only see them once every other week. You never call or FaceTime. You never take them out to learn how they see the world. You never talk just the two of you away from the world. You never touch their body and learn what they like. You never find out what makes them them. And you just wouldn't do that. Because that person, if they had any respect for themselves, would walk away to find something better where they are seen and valued and loved. And it is the same in the relationship you're building with yourself. If you don't take time out, if you don't check in regularly, if you don't take yourself out to understand how you see the world without everything that you've been taught, so basically relearning the world, if you don't understand your body for you, How do you expect to have a relationship with yourself? So take the time. Take the time to learn yourself. Take the time to listen to yourself. Take the time to ask yourself what you want without the expectations of others. Just take the time. I cannot stress this enough. And at first it will feel uncomfortable because chances are you've never been here before. You've probably never been alone before. You've never actually listened to yourself. So the first time you do, you'll probably uncover someone who is hurt, someone who's spent 
their whole life screaming with no one caring, someone who's never been heard, someone who doesn't really know who the hell they are. And don't run from it. You wouldn't run from a child or an animal who was crying, would you? You'd ask them what they wanted, why they're sad, and what you can do to make it better. So do the same for yourself. If you have cut lots of people off, or if they've been organically removed from your life and you feel lonely, ask yourself why being alone feels lonely, because they're not one and the same thing. Being alone is a state of being, and lonely is a state of mind. They're two very different things. So ask yourself what you can do to make it feel less lonely while still working on being alone in the relationship with yourself. If you have just moved into a new place and you feel like an imposter, ask yourself why you feel like this. What makes you feel as if you don't deserve this? If you're looking for a new job with better opportunities and you feel as if you don't deserve it, ask yourself why you feel like this. Why would you not deserve something that's going to give you the life you know you should be living, the life you know that you are worth? The growing pains you experience are not punishments. They are not meant to make you hate your life. They are not signs from the universe that you're on the wrong path or the world ganging up against you. They're just signs of where you've been hurting for a while. This new connection you have with yourself is highlighting it more than the noise-cancelling veil you pulled over it before. Growing pains happen when our body is not yet, yet accustomed to the growth that we have achieved. You haven't yet grown into your the next stage of yourself. And your self-love journey is no different. Do not stop, do not cave, do not settle for less than you know you deserve. And do not be afraid to lose people, or places, or things, or situations. If you lose them, then they were meant to be in your life to get you here, but they are not meant to be carried forward into your future. And that's totally okay. Not everything has to be kept forever and ever and ever. Just like sometimes we buy fast fashion, and sometimes we buy ethical fashion, that's going to last generations and generations. The fast fashion serves a purpose, okay? It might keep us warm for a winter, it might keep us cool for a summer, it might look great at one event that we will never again go to in our life, and that's okay. Just like people in your life, people in your life are there to teach you lessons. At the end of the day, that's what they're there for. Some are meant to teach you lessons and help you to teach yourself lessons. And they're the ones who will probably stay longer. And sometimes they are an aid to our healing or an aid to assessing a part of us that we wouldn't be able to access without them. Or they're just there to teach us something about ourselves. 
sometimes the worst situations and the worst people that we come across are actually our biggest lessons in teaching us where we need to love ourselves the most, where we need to put the most energy, where we need to focus and where we probably have the most growing pains. Last time I asked you what role your inner child plays in your life. Did you sit with it? Did you, for want of a better term, get in touch with your inner child and ask them? Did you realise that actually you don't know what relationship you have with your inner child and you don't know whether you even have one? You do. But it might be that you've silenced them. As always, I'll answer my own question and then I will pose another one for you to think about between this episode and the next one. So what role does my inner child play in my life? So my inner child is the adventurous, romantic, loud part of me. She's a bit of a minx um, and sometimes gets me into all kinds of problems, especially when I'm talking and then the filter goes and she just kind of blurts something out. But she's the reason that I am where I am today. And she has all the initial ideas and then it's the adult part of me that either vetoes them. Like when I had a um, bit of a mad moment and wanted to move to Bali and work with rescue elephants and take in orphan puppies. Um, And my geography is really bad so if Bali doesn't have elephants then just, you know, the, the idea was there. Um, or then the adult past me takes my inner child's ideas um, into the stage where they're actually put into practice so such as this podcast I used to have a terrible relationship with my inner child not going to lie <laughs> I did but I'll go into that and how you can get a better relationship with your inner child in another episode because that is a whole other episode and people write whole books on this so, you know, Google. (laughs) In the meantime, the question I want you to think about over the next two weeks is this. If you could have five people dead or alive in your life, who would they be? They can be famous, they can be friends, family, people you've heard of, anyone have a think and let me know to keep up with the studio and all of the latest projects go to at slamnico on instagram everyone's welcome um and i've got loads of free resources that i publish for journaling and self-discovery as well as art and any plays i've got coming up and a whole load of other things you can find notes from a small room now on spotify as well as Apple Podcasts and Substack. Episodes are published every other week and I look forward to catching up with you in the next one. Thanks so much for listening to Notes from a Small Room. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and found it helpful. This is the self-love podcast that has the conversations they won't put on a t-shirt. Take care, lovely. Bye.